Robert A. Wall, the voice of the jungle, broadcasting on the DVC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. Hello and welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 119 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Trevor and Damon. What's going on, guys? Hey, good morning. Happy spring. <laughs> does it feel like spring where you are? Or is it still, does, you know? actually. Yeah? It, oh, good. The, the snow is melting, so it, yeah. You know, I, I guess for you guys, the transition from winter to spring isn't quite as big of a deal <laughs> well it's it, it's a little weird here and damon can probably attest to this because we'll get like a little little bits of summer mixed with little bits of of winter still so like like for example yesterday yeah it was freezing yesterday and it's like 65 today <laughs> you know right it was i mean it was like 40s yesterday well we were out my son had a soccer game right because the season's been all changed up so we yeah, were yeah. outside at like nine o'clock at night in stadium it was cold yeah i mean not you know relatively for us trevor right yeah i know no i (laughs) no i i get it it's you know it's it's all relative because when you're not used to it yeah and and you're not used to it and it's not even like i was you know you you start to get like you you rush around a little bit you know as it gets towards the end we're like oh we gotta be there it's 45 minutes away you know it was far and like i wasn't really prepared clothing wise because the other problem is you know, you're leaving to go somewhere at four o'clock. Well, four o'clock is going to be way different than it's going to be when the sun goes down. So, you know, I was, I was way colder. You know, that, that's the problem I'm always having is I'm just not prepared for the length. You know, it's fine when I'm, you know, in the sun and then it gets dark and then you're freezing, but re- all relative. I just think I've lived in the South too long at this point. Cause you know, when I was a kid living in Jersey, I, I was the kid wearing shorts during the winter time. But now it's like, I've lived in, in the South for so long now that how it's long just, have you been in the South? Uh, probably 12 or 13 years I've lived in the South. So yeah, a fair amount of time. If you count my time in, I mean, I lived in West Virginia for a little while, uh, you know, and that, well, I lived in Pennsylvania. That's not really the South, but it was like, southwestern pennsylvania for a couple it was years warmer there. than where you were yeah i mean it snowed on you know halloween <laughs> when i lived there so oh. yeah it, it was it was uh it was still pretty cold there but um yeah it's you know it, i've been here down down here for i guess yeah i don't know north carolina probably eight years now so and i lived in west virginia for four or five years so yeah that sounds about right but you know, I just you just get used to not having that kind of weather, and then the summers here are so brutal. You know, uh, those couple months where we have hundred degree weather, it gets a little rough. But but anyway, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, anyway. Why, don't, why don't we get started on some uh, listener questions? Yeah, we 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 actually didn't get that much this week. There there wasn't a ton of news this week. There just wasn't. So it you know, but, but, but can, I but I booked a, I booked my trip. So I guess that's interesting. Ooh. When did you book your trip for July? For July? No, Thanksgiving. Oh, for Thanksgiving. Okay, so you're yeah, going to do Thanksgiving. Yeah. I, was ba- I was back and forth on what we were going to do for Thanksgiving. And I'm going to be honest with you, you know, it's mostly booked up already. Because there was not as many options as I thought in terms of where to stay. I had, you know, I was looking at something a little bit larger. Like I said, I'm on this whole two-bathroom kick now with, you know, yeah. these kids being older and stuff. It's just, dude, it's terrible. So I, I need the two bathrooms. Bay Lake couldn't even get anything, even if I wanted the one bedroom. Polly, you know, I probably just won't do. So, I mean, outside of that, I decided that I was going to do a two-bedroom. Nice. So it was between Old Key West 
and Saratoga, and I know that there's been some discussion that Oak West is a little bit bigger. The thing is, there's really no difference in terms of points. It was it was a one point difference over the course of four days. So to me, that's you know doesn't matter at all. And I you know we just opted on Saratoga, you know the refurb rooms and, and all that. I, I was really torn though because I wanted to do Oak West because I had never been, but. I think we just, you know, we opted for Saratoga for just ease of use. And, you know, the other thing is, too, is that come November, it's kind of mid-season for swim. And if we go for four or five days, he he has to have a good gym. And we just, we enjoyed the setup of the gym at Saratoga. So I think that that's what just kind of ended up kicking it over the top for us. I'm guessing part of the reason why it's busy, besides it being Thanksgiving, is because is because of fiftieth anniversary stuff. Uh, you know, starting the month before. Yeah, but but what's interesting is is that this time I don't know if we're going to be going with our traveling partners. They're actually going to end up. You know, they've had some discussion about what they want to do, but they may end up using points for the cruise that we're doing the year after. Just from the standpoint of, listen, we could debate whether points are worth it or not worth it. But there's just some ease of use, especially in the monetary sense of using points. I've already paid for my points that I've bought, you know, probably two times over at this point. So I understand where that line of reasoning comes in, right? It's just this ease of use. So I don't know if they'll make it to, you know, Disney for Thanksgiving. My guess is there'll be a lot of people from our group there. There there was last time I went. So maybe we'll meet up with people. And and I I think... I think you were saying that, you know, things are really booked up. Probably a lot of that is due to, you know, there is just pent up desire for people to travel who haven't been able to, right? So now the only thing that I'm a little kind of annoyed about, and I didn't think about it till this kind of, you know, started was, you know, this whole reservation system. The problem is, is that I'm not really in the mood at this point to purchase tickets. So I can't really reserve anything, right? Like I have to have my tickets to make the reservations. Is that correct? Yeah, you got to yeah. have your tickets first. Yeah. Yeah. So this is where I have a little bit of a problem. I'm a late ticket buyer in general, because why do I want to buy tickets and sit on them, right? That money could be doing something else. But this time around, I'm going to probably have to buy my tickets probably before June is my thought. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I would probably yeah. buy them earlier rather than later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, normally I would have bought those tickets in October, right the day before I could have done Fast Passes, you know, maybe even, you know, September, but I wouldn't have done them much before then. I think I'm going to have to do June. Now, here's the interesting thought process, too. So we are not going to go to Magic Kingdom or Animal Kingdom. We're going to double, up, Epcot and, double up Epcot Studios. and double up Hollywood Studios. Hmm. I just don't see the actual reasoning. Now, my wife is not about doing even if it comes back right the christmas thing because we did it two years ago at this point so she's like well why do we want to go to that now i i could have some debate on that and i could say that you know maybe i would want to go back to that again but i don't need a ticket for that when i mean excuse me, i don't need a ticket mean what the christmas party the christmas party i don't need oh, a ticket to christmas magic party. kingdom okay. for that gotcha. gotcha yeah yeah so i could just buy a ticket to that and still not go to magic kingdom any other day if i wanted to that's assuming the Christmas party's back this year, but I, I but again that, making that yeah. assumption. Yeah, I mean the the only downside of this thought process is is that for the fiftieth, not going to Magic Kingdom. But <clears throat> I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't know how much I care about that. About the fiftieth in general, well, or just no, about going about to Magic being Kingdom at, for the fiftieth. <clears throat> about being at Magic Kingdom for the fiftieth. I understand that castle's there, but at the end of the day. 
I'd have no real reason to go to Magic Kingdom. I mean, and Tron's that, not going to be open. Yeah, that, that's fair because yeah, you know, you're, you'll go, you'll see the castle, and if you don't have anything else you really want to do there, that's it, right? Yeah, and, and that's yeah. pretty much it for us at this point. I mean, because right, we haven't been, um, yeah, unless we go in July. Which again, even if we go in July, I don't think we're going to the parks. I think we just do Disney Springs. So right, I have Rise of the Resistance, the Runaway Train, and something else. Uh, what will be Ratatouille at that point? So those are the three. So the three why do I really need to go anywhere else? <laughs> and what'd you say? <laughs> Ratatouille, <laughs> Runaway Railway, and yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. What, where, where do I really have to go? That, right yeah, I at that point. That. It makes sense. And I like, for me, it's the food. So I just need to make sure I'm that, that Epcot for that holiday food. And then outside of that. So th- it's an interesting thought process, especially with the 50th. Um, I won't, if we have another quiz, I won't have that 50th castle picture, but I think I might be all right with that. Yeah. Yeah. You are, you're right. It's it's kind of weird to be that close and choose to bypass it. Right. Yeah. But (laughs) yeah, I I also see where you're coming from. Like I, I I get it. It's just, yeah, you're right. It's, it's kind of a weird position to be in. (laughs) It is. And I think you know, if we're back to normal, and the reason that I even plan this trip is because, like I said, I mean, we're two weeks away from our second shot. My son, who is 17, is getting his first shot next week, maybe. So, you know, I have my two other kids, yeah. but my assumption is is that they're trying to vaccinate all the kids before high school starts. So my middle one should be vaccinated at that point. And then I just have to worry about getting my daughter vaccinated. But I, I think that there's... That's a lot of time. I think that will be okay yeah. by then. So I made the, you know, we were going to do Vero Beach, but then it was like, why? If we're all going to be vaccinated, right? Because we didn't really, when we first started playing, we didn't really have this vaccination schedule, you know, down pat. So I didn't really know. Like, I was like, hmm, it might not be till September till we get our shots. And then the kids might not get theirs till after November. But it looks like it's coming along rather well. So I think if we're all vaccinated, I don't care about masks. That's fine. I can wear them, right? That doesn't bother me. My kids can wear them. You know, they're wearing them to play sports now. My one son's wearing a mask to play soccer. My other son has to wear a mask, you know, during the swim meet until he gets on the block. So Mike and my daughter's wearing one for soccer. So they're they're fine. And they're older anyway, but they're fine. They, they, yeah. It's not even going to be like a question for them. Like, oh, you know, they're just okay. So that's our thought. We'll see how it pans out. Yeah, that's. Cool. I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting to see. It's. I feel like it's hard to plan for November at this point because it's. It's like who knows what things are going to look like with the parks by November, right? Like what? We don't what know. the? Yeah, we have no idea. Like what the what restrictions are still going to be in place? Like are they still going to? I like went is under, the capacity going to be up? We have no idea. I went under the assumption that it was going to exist like it does today, right? Because then there's no disappointment factor. Do. Yeah, and and I'm okay with that in November. And like I said, I think that there's going to be, you know, November is notoriously busy in general. So I think that there's going to be, again, only having to deal with two parks and, and really maybe only doing, you know, the parks for half a day each or whatever the case may be. You know, like we'll go and see what we have. But I'm going to be honest with you, if, you know, Hollywood Studios would probably play more into this. But if we're at Hollywood Studios and we've done those rides I'm not really all that worried about getting on too many other things. It will be more about Epcot and doing all the food again, because that was fun. And we enjoy Epcot. I think for my wife and myself, that's probably our favorite park. Um, The kids, I don't know. But, 
you know, so I'm not, like I said, it's going to be a different vacation. It'll be, you know, hopefully more relaxing, but we'll see. Yeah. It sounds like, it sounds like it's an interesting plan. It's, it's, it is really hard to plan that far out right now. And, and, you know, I think I told you guys that, you know, well, yeah, we did. We talked about it on the podcast that I was looking at a, a possible uh, trip in, in early November, actually. So it, it's, it, and I haven't planned anything yet and I probably should, but it's, uh, it, it's just hard to know what things are going to look like then and hard to know how you should plan. But you, I think you're doing the right thing, Damon, in that you're planning just with the idea that things will be the same, even though I they probably too, won't be, but you can't I, know. Yeah, yeah. I had too many points to not do something at this point. <laughs> I know. I was looking at my points the other day, and I was like, "Ooh, got a lot of points sitting around." <laughs> yeah, that that that's going to be me come next June. Is I'm I'm going to be hitting that point where it's either you know I have to rent them or do something with them. So yeah, I I, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Now my parents may end up coming with us if our friends don't come, and um, I think we would probably do some DVC rental at that point. Would be my thought. Um, right. Cause isn't, it's more cost effective to do that than just a straight up book cash at Saratoga oh, yeah. for my understanding. Oh, yeah. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that's what we'll probably do for them. So, so just an aside, I actually talked to a coworker that, uh, she's, she's booking a trip in June and it's her and four of her friends are going. And I had mentioned to her about, she was, she's not a DVC member, but I said, Hey, you know, look into this. And she got a room at the Grand Floridian and she was like, yeah, it was about a third of the cost of buying at rack rate. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, anytime you're doing a DVC resort, yeah. Points. Yeah, that's good to know. And, and, you know, hopefully they do the gingerbread stuff. Cause that's something else that like, since it was our first time, not last year, but the year before when we went in November, we weren't able to go and do, you know, some of those things. Yeah. And I think that we'll have more opportunity to do things like that. Like I missed out on that and that was a little disappointing, but I would definitely pick up some of those extra things to do like that. I, I'm also, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm really starting to think about this whole snorkeling thing in Epcot, if that's back. Oh, you want to do like the, smor- the snorkeling in the, the seas? I, you know, again, I would love to do the scuba part, but you know, we're not certified and to get us all certified, I just... I'm not like a shark person, right? <laughs> so for me to get scuba certified <laughs> just to do Epcot and to never do it again just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, I don't think. Um, that's what I would love to do, but I think that we would probably end up just doing the snorkeling just for ease. You have to be you have to be pre-certified before you show up, right? Like you because you, so. yeah, because yeah. there's like a lot of stuff you got to do to get certified, right? It's not yeah, just and, like and one session you can get. Certified. No, it's, you have to do so many hours and yeah, yeah. And the thing is, yeah. there's there's a lake out here by us that they do all the certification in, right? So I mean, it's not that we couldn't get certified prior to going, but I just feel like it's a little bit of effort for something we'd probably and you know the cost too for something that we would probably never do again. But there's this something that says, man, snorkeling versus scuba diving. Scuba diving in the Epcot tank would be really cool. That would be a really cool experience, yeah. <laughs> but I, I again, I, I have to. I would have to look into that. And you know, the other thing is too is I don't know how interested my daughter would be in that um, snorkeling either. We couldn't get her to do. Or was it one of the boys? Remember when they had the snorkeling at the um, the water park? Oh, at uh, Typhoon Lagoon, the shark. Yeah, which yeah. was yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. I rem- I have to remember who it was. There was one of the kids that, or was it all of them? Maybe all of them would not do it. I don't remember. But Probably because it was know. cold? <laughs> no, no, just because there were sharks down there. Mm. So. Yeah, but they're not like sharks that are going to go after you. <laughs> right? Can you yeah. can you explain that to no, no, your old? No, I cannot. No. No, no, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, I cannot explain that to No. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, so that's I mean, that's cool that you you got a trip planned. I, I I don't know what I'm doing for no, my November trip yet. I'm still up in the air. So, but like you, I I got a ton of points just lying around. I got to do something with them. So yeah. All right. Well, All right. that was that was a good conversation. Look, look, it's it's starting to feel like normal again. We're talking about planning trips and about going and all that. Yeah. Sorry, Trevor. I know, I know, you just had to cancel yours. So I'm sorry. No, I, well, no, I, I postponed it. It's not canceled. It. I I moved it from October to February because, um, you know, kind of what Damon was saying. You know, you know, just not knowing what the the landscape is going to look like for us. There's the other factor of traveling internationally. I don't yeah, think yeah. things will be ready enough by October. And also, we actually literally had our trip scheduled for the day after the 50th started, which when I started thinking about it was like, you know, that would be awesome to be there for that. But um, also a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, trying to figure out a, you know, po- or, you know, pandemic trip with the 50th didn't sound very appealing. So February. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like it sounds like really appealing to go like on New Year's Eve, but it also would be a total nightmare. You know what I mean? Like it's just it it's the same kind of thing, right? <laughs> I, I would be mentally exhausted about fifteen minutes into being at a park. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> that yeah. that would be it. Yeah, anyway, pretty much. Let's let's uh let's try and get through some of these listener questions. We got a couple of good ones in here that uh, Okay, good. Yeah. Do you want to do the first one? Sure. Um, so Andrew put, uh, you have three days in WDW in November staying at CCV. You have a one-day park hopper ticket. Which parks are you visiting and what are you doing with the other two days? So actually, this kind of goes back to what uh, yeah, it just goes right into what we were just talking about. Kind yeah. of. <laughs> um, for me, if I was staying at Copper Creek, I would still go to Magic Kingdom. And that's just because Magic Kingdom is our default go-to park, and it's accessible from Copper, Copper Creek. I would agree with you. I would say I would say Magic Kingdom, but at the same time, if you haven't done like the Star Wars stuff, at, at uh, it depends on what you haven't done yet, right? So, like, if you haven't done Rise of the Resistance or Mickey Minis, like maybe I would choose Hollywood Studios in that case because I want to go and do those things. But I but I agree with you to, for Magic Kingdom for the fiftieth, and be, because you're a boat ride away from Copper Creek. Um, as far as the other two days, I think you know with the holidays, you know I would I would kind of do what Damon was just talking about, like do the tour of the gingerbread houses at the different resorts, do like a yeah. resort uh, tour, you know, like and go check out the well, decorations at all the resorts, you know. Yeah, because I, I think that we're in this weird sort of spot where, you know, depending on how often you go to Disney, there's a lot of things you end up missing. And it's kind of like, you know, during this whole time frame, you can kind of step back and do that. You know, the other thing that for us is, is, you know, it's going to be a little bit more about, you know, whatever sort of tours they have, you know, when they open back up and things like that, that we've been waiting on. You know, a lot of things that we've been waiting on have just been, you know, my daughter's age as, as well. So she'll be 11. So it opens up a little bit more of some things that we could go do. So I think that we've always kind of stepped away from the tours because of her age. And I think that for us going now, it would be a little bit more about that. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And, um, you know, th- thinking about the resort thing, I, I just realized, you know, also staying at Copper Creek, you, you have access, you know, going from Magic Kingdom, 
you have the uh, the resort loop uh, hotels there, and like you were saying, Tom, you know, you could you could easily spend a day just you know get off the monorail, go wander around a resort for a while, hop back on, go to the next resort, and you know that would be that would be a fine way to use up a day, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, a cheap way too. Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to propose a because I know some people do a monorail bar crawl. You could do that too <laughs> if you yeah. like to if you like to drink. That's a thing you can do. Uh, you know, but uh, with a, all the decoration, an appetizer crawl. Oh yeah, you could do that too. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that sounds like a really good idea actually. Yeah, I mean, and I, with all the decorations though, there's so much you can do, especially when they when they do have the gingerbread houses and all that. And I'm, I mean, of course, going to Disney Springs too, they have the 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 trees and you know all the decorations there. So I, I think there's a lot you can do, I, and I think it just depends. The trees on- were a little bit of an S show, though. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> what do you What the do you mean trail? by that? Yeah, it's a little bit of an S show. <laughs> like because there's too many people there or just yeah not- and just the where it is and, and how they funnel people in and out is just a little brutal yeah because it, it's, it's in that mess. it's in that back corner where the buses used to be right yeah yeah and then you have that stage out in front which makes it this weird congregation point of doom <laughs> which is part of the problem where i, I kind of get like, I get both sides of it, right? You have this big open area, so let's do that so it doesn't get crazy. But then on the other hand, what you have is you have just people just standing there. Kind of like weird. that walkway between where, where Small World and Peter Pan is, just a mess of people yes. going in all yeah. directions. And But this yeah. is even worse because they're just standing. They, they have a reason to stop, right? You know, they'll just, yes. they'll, they'll stop mid-stride and start watching the stage yeah, yeah. I, I just i find that a tough area i but i get the reasoning because to funnel it smaller would then also be tough so i get it but they were cool you, you know what the other problem kind of with the trees is the the best part about the trees would be these phenomenal pictures and i'm sure there's times where there's not as many people there i get it right because like, i know someone's going to tell me that I, I understand but for the average person going there it's very difficult to get a my kid with the tree by themselves sort of picture there. I mean, I can, I think maybe we got like half of one, you know what I mean? But it's hard there. So what I would love that to be would be like, Hey, you know, let's get all the kids in front of every tree picture. And then that trail would be phenomenal. Um, but unfortunately it's not like that. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, I, hard to all the time. I'm yeah. like I said, I'm sure there's times yeah. that it is. <laughs> Yeah, you have to go like right before closing or something. Yeah, and I don't even know. I saw the line before closing when we were there that one time, and it was worse. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I think you almost have to go during the day, like when it's not dark out. At maybe I don't even know when it opens though. Does it? Is it open all day? No, I don't even remember. No, because we were there during the day, and I I remembered. I think it opens later in the afternoon, or at least it did the one day we were yeah. there. Yeah. I wish that it was, was open all day. That would be better. Yeah, that that was earlier in the afternoon, though. So or earlier in the yeah, day. yeah, um, yeah. So so either way, back to the original question was, you know, there there's obviously lots to do outside of the uh, outside of the of the parks, and, and honestly, I think you know the the big overarching theme is just you know resort hopping because. Yeah. There, there's so many resorts that you can go to and you can find little things that you you wouldn't see otherwise, right? Yeah, absolutely. I okay. 
and then we... there's probably going to be some extra cool stuff to do for the 50th too so there's probably going to be some of that kind of stuff that they haven't even announced yet so yeah of course like, like you know the the other thing to keep in mind is going into this next year we don't know what we're going to see because we don't have any precedent yeah. for for what's going to happen now right that's exactly right yeah yeah so we'll have to wait and see Okay, I, I uh, I'll get uh, Glenn's question. I I like this one. And I- well, and and Glenn, Glenn, I need to to note here that Glenn has emailed us and, and declared himself uh, his our, our Belgium ambassador. So I, oh, I need okay. to <laughs> I need to state that. Um, All right. So, so, so Glenn, our Belgium ambassador, self proclaimed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you guys ha- have a Disney turning point? What made you go from Disney's fun to Disney's life? Mm. Disney's not life for me. So I can't say it like that. I will say, though, that I think the turning point for me, right? I've always been an animation person, always been a Disney movie person, right? That's always been. But I think having kids was that turning point of, hey, let's make Disney this family vacation spot. Um, And I think that's where kind of delved in deeper to Disney was for that family aspect and, and having this centralized location with stuff to do, right? So something that you're always going to come back to. And that's, like I said, kind of what it is for me. You know, Disney is definitely not life for me, but it, it definitely went up the scale a little bit once we had kids. Hmm. That's that's fair. What about you, Tom? Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Damon. Like, I don't, I don't feel like anything in my life is, is you know, specifically my my life. You know, <laughs> like this is obviously a focus and it's a big thing that we love. But it's, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to say that it, Disney is life. Um, yeah, and I don't know what the turning point would have been anyway. I mean, you know, my wife got wife and I got engaged at Disney World, and we got, uh, you know, we, we had our honeymoon there. Um, and then, you know, of course, kind of to what Damon's saying, you know, it becomes even more amplified when you have kids and, you know, we'd spend a, a lot of our time watching, watching Disney stuff. Uh, and I mean, I think we probably use Disney plus more than we use any other streaming service because my, my daughter, you know, was really into a lot of that stuff. So I, I, yeah, I don't know what the turning point necessarily was. Uh, I, I think it's just kind of always been there, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think you know, I, I was trying to think of a particular turning point. And, and similarly, you know, I, I feel like there has been phases. Like, you know, I first went as a kid and, you know, it always stuck in my head. It was always something that, you know, given the opportunity to talk about it or know that a trip was coming, you, you know, I always wanted it to be a part of my life. And then um, the next big turning point was when I took my wife for the first time because we, we were dating. We were we were in high school and she came with my family and that was like that kind of was like rediscovering it and that brought that, it yeah yeah, yeah. And, and so, so that brought it to another level and then you know me and my wife were both in on it and then we and then yeah similarly like you said damon you know when once we had our son and you know he he started getting old enough that we started talking about planning trips that kind of brought it to another phase so so it's never been like you know, it's all Disney all the time. It's kind of been, you know, there's points where we're like, oh, yes, you know, we're, you know, I want to be at Disney, like, you know, every opportunity I can. And then there's been points where it hasn't been as big of a, of a priority. It's always been a part of my life. It's now it doesn't define my life, I guess, is the big thing. Yeah, I guess that's when I read Disney is life like that. It doesn't define my like everyday life. Right. Yeah. So 
Although I do have a completed Lego Cinderella castle sitting on my kitchen table right now that I have to figure out a place to put. <laughs> <laughs> I finished it last night. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm kind of sad though. I'm done now. And I'm like, oh, now I got to figure out something else to do. So, um, Anyway, so Bobby wants to know everybody has since everybody has a surplus of points, should Disney have an all DVC cruise ship? Bobby, we did a whole waitlist episode on this. Where where you been? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a good good way to call back to that episode, though. Go go listen. Yeah, go listen to our our whole episode we did about about this. Uh, but the but short I mean, answer is yes. Yeah, the <laughs> short answer is yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so then we got Joan. I assume that I'm not the only parent that takes a picture of their child in the same spot every trip. Where in the yeah. parks resorts is the best place to start a photo tradition? I, I think that's hard to answer. I feel like that's an individual family thing. Like what? Oh, definitely. So yeah. ours is in Norway by the big wooden. Um, what's that thing? It's not an elf. Uh, what what is that thing? The, the troll? troll. The troll. Yeah. Yeah. The troll. Interesting. That's an interesting spot. So, like, what made you pick that spot? I, I don't think it was us. I think it was our friends, and, and I think we uh, try to get that picture. I'm not there yet with my daughter, so like, but we will be at some point, and I, I'm not really sure what we'll pick. I feel like it'll just be, I don't know, an organic thing that just happens, right? Well, I, and I think that's what it what it is. Is you get this first picture that you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, I think our biggest one, though, is I, I, you know, I think I've shared this at Hilton Head. We have a picture of the kids every single year on the beach, sitting down in the sand, looking towards the ocean. Um, I kind of equate Hilton Head and Disney together a lot um, because when we were in New Jersey and we were making that drive down to Disney, we would always stop at Hilton Head. My wife's family has a house there. We would stop there as kind of our break on that long trip, at least going down and then, you know, coming back, we would do the nice long 18 hour trip. So I kind of equate that together. So I think for me on most of those trips, we've always gotten that picture. So that kind of supersedes the Disney one. But I, I think that it would be the troll if I had to pick Disney. Interesting. And it made a great book, Tom. I, I think that, you oh, know, sure. you should, you should yeah. pick one of these because I have those pictures and I put it together in a book and it's every year of the kid's life. Mm. It's kind of cool. Yeah. That is really cool. I, I definitely I need to find a spot that we're gonna do that. Um, but I I don't know, Trevor. Have you done that with your kid, or are you, have you guys done that? Or so I, it's funny. Like I'm I'm thinking about it, and you know, there's there's not any one particular place that we have to get a picture. There there's always I mean, there's the usual ones like the castle and everything. But I think for us, it you know what defines those pictures of what defines that we go back to something again is if there is an actual, you know, a memory or something tied around it at the time. So, um, like, for us, yes. So, actually, uh, in thinking about it, like, when we went to, uh, um, we started off going to Disneyland. In California Adventure, there is, there's a, a play area, um, and it's, it's based on Up. It's, it's, uh, the, the Explorer's, from up i can't sorry i can't remember the name of it right now wilderness uh, explorers I yes think? Yeah, yeah that's it um and so we always we always would make sure we go in there because for my son that was a place that you know he we saw you know a lot of good memories in there when he was really young and we we kept repeating that and so we got a lot of pictures in there and again not a specific place in there but just you know that that's been the driving factor for us is and kind of like to what you guys were saying is you know it's that first picture or that first memory that i think kind of defines that and i i guess the only thing i'll say to that is you know don't don't be 
focused on making that happen. You know, it, it has to be organic. It has to, you know, it will happen. Yeah. The, but, I, I agree with you, Trevor. What's yeah. funny is, is that I didn't realize this until I thought about it, you know, as you kind of were talking about that. And we also do a snow white picture with the boys, because I think the first time my son took a picture with snow white, like she gave him a hug and a kiss, right. You know, we're talking pre pandemic days and it was funny, right. So we used to tease him about it a little bit. And so we've consistently gotten that snow white picture with the boys. Cause it's just kind of funny. Right. It, yeah. Th- that's exactly it is, you know, you, you have to just, you know, think about the stuff that stood out to you on your trip. And I think that will more define what becomes important to you as you make more trips. Right. Yeah. Cause I, I'm, I'm just thinking for uh, go ahead. Sorry, David. No, I was going to say, no, I, I agree. Yeah, I, you know, I'm just thinking of photos of my daughter from like my last trips. And like, there's a photo of her asleep in her stroller that we all took together in front of the Tree of Life, where we're all kind of like, we did a thing where we were all pointing at her, like where we're, you know, while she was asleep. That was kind of funny. And and maybe that was a thing we could do. Uh, But there's also one in front of the Haunted Mansion where she's just like not having it. She's just got a look (laughs) on her face where she's, you know, just not happy in the sun and and heat and everything. So, you know, I feel like those are a couple places we could, we could probably do it. Um, I've got some good pictures from sci-fi dining too, but I I don't know if we're going to do that every year. I mean, as much as I love that restaurant, but, um, but yeah, it's, I I think we've kind of started, we've got a lot of photos from the last trip. And, you know, well, that'll definitely ramp up as she gets older and uh, we'll we'll start doing, you know, I think a lot of it's going to be what she wants to do, too. You know, like the things that she really loves. So I think that's that's where we're going to get to. And, you know, now that she's my daughter's going to be three in a a month here. And, you know, once she's three and she's starting to, you know, kind of understand the world around her a little bit more, I I think she's going to start really uh, enjoying a lot of the things at Disney when we take her next time. So. Yeah. And, and on the flip side of that is things that you thought would be what she wanted. You may find that she, you know, completely shies away from them. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, exactly. So yeah, you kind of have to just let it roll. Right. You know, you can't, you can't force it. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So Glenn again is chiming in here wanting to know if we think that DVC sales will stagnate. This is a great question. I never really thought about this. Yeah. So do you think at some point the DVC sales will stagnate, although the new generation keeps going to Disney, but they will keep going with the points of their parents? Will the next generation buy their own points? And this is so interesting because it's such a... I think there's always going to be a new generation buying points, right? Because not everyone has points. So there's always those people that never had any points that want to buy the points, right? So they're their own independent group. But I have to just think of this now personally, right? Hmm. I don't know. I think I'll end up, I mean, at the end of the day, my points go Saratoga. I'll be 80 something. So, I mean, will I have new points from a different place that I'm giving to my kids at that point? I don't know. And I, here's an interesting um, take on this. You know, will my kids continue to go to Disney when I don't go with them, right? For, you know, they have their own family. Will they take them to Disney or will, because they've been to Disney so much, not go. So we were of the, hey, my parents only took us to Disney once and it was this crazy magical place. And, you know, my aunt was the one that ended up taking me to river country, but the, you know, neither here nor there. I didn't go a lot when I was younger. So I wanted to have this, you know, my kids go there a lot. Now my kids have gone there a lot every year, at least once a year, you know, excluding last year. So will they think of this place 
as something different because they've gone a lot. You, you know what I mean, right? It, it's definitely this weird dynamic. You don't really know how yeah. that's going to turn out. Well, it's interesting kind of what you're talking about. So, like, my parents didn't have points, right? So, I'm the first one to buy points now. But my daughter will, you know, end up with my points at some point. But, uh, you know, my best friend, his parents have a ton of points. And they go by themselves all the time. They took him a ton when he was a kid. And then they kept going without him for a long time. He just kind of got tired of it and didn't want to go anymore. But it's kind of rediscovered it now, like, in, in adulthood. You know what I mean? So, it's it's interesting because you don't know if you're, you know, you're taking your kids so much that maybe they don't want to do it as much when they're adults. Or maybe that is a special place for them. And then they're going to want to take their kids at some point. It's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's a very, you know, specific question on just how the kids and every kid in your family is, is probably going to be a little different in yeah, terms of, of what they do. Um, right. I mean, if we had the ability to kind of, you know, <laughs> it's interesting. My, my wife's family did this, you know, when the grandmother passed away and she, you know, had some change and um, they kind of put this money aside for family vacations every year could do something like that. You can force your cool. kids to go to Disney. Force <laughs> here's this money, but you can only use it if you go to Disney. Or here's points. They cannot be sold or rented. <laughs> That's funny. So, so the interesting thing is that, um, so the one coworker that I know that is actually a DVC member, he got his parents, or his parents gave him his points. So... So I, I've seen that already. So his, his parents were going and, you know, they still go with him, but it's him and his wife now are the main ones using the points. So that's already happened, but whether or not that's going to be the rule or the exception, like, like you guys were saying, that's really hard to tell. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I feel like it can definitely go either way. And, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Damon, with my son is that, you know, we're, we're taking him all the time because, you know, when I was growing up, it, we didn't get to go very often, but, uh, you know, when he hits that point where he's starting to make his own decisions about trips, he, he could go either way is that, you know, he may decide to, you know, go and do other stuff or he may keep going to Disney, but, you know, I, I really don't know what's going to happen at this point. I, I would like to think he'll keep going to Disney, but you know, when he's an adult, he'll he'll make his own decisions. And you know, at that point, I don't know if I'm going to be done going to Disney. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that's the other side of it is you know, yeah, I you know, I'll be the older generation now, and I'll probably be one of those people, you know, the 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 seniors that are using their points every year. And so my kid's not going to be able to use my points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that's where, and that's where I'd like to have enough points to be able to. And this is, you know, this point pipe dream. I'm sure that we all have because I think. Wait, wait was this? A, this was a question. I don't know if we had it here though, but it was a question somebody asked about how many points. I mean, for me, I want to have enough points that I can go, my kids can go, and their family can go. Right. That that was yeah. that that question. So. I mean, that's kind of what I look at for my perfect amount of points. And that seems like an awful lot of points. Um, I mean, because I guess what you're talking is probably for me is two, two bedrooms. I, I, I think you could probably squeeze that out with that many people, two, two bedrooms. You're not even talking like a grand villa. You want to go two separate. I kind of do. I, I think that that might be a, a better situation. It's um, yeah. Just more that, sleeping space. Right. More sleeping yeah, space. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think the other thing is, too, is that if you have, let's just say, so let's just say I have a kid that doesn't have kids yet, right? So if they want to stay with us, because then you have the, the, the kids and grandkids, right, situation on, on one set of those rooms with the crying and the, you know, 
the formula and all that craziness going on, right? And and the naps during the day and all that, right? Have that over there. And you have the other one, which is my wife, myself, and, you know, the, the adults or maybe even the older grandkids that are kind of done with that baby grandkid stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of my thought process. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like I'm going to be very, like, cognizant of what I felt like being a parent and trying to make it as easy as possible for my kids being parents. Not that it was hard being parents, but I just, I look back and go, wow, there's a lot of things I should have done differently. Right. <laughs> I think everyone, <laughs> I think everyone thinks that. Yeah. Um, so you just try to make it as easy as possible. And I, I know that if I had that opportunity, I would want the exact same thing. Give me, you know, the rooms with kids and, and without kids. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Gina, by the way, asked that question. Uh, so, and Gina, Tom tried to cross you out, but I wouldn't allow it. We're running out of time here. We've gone to we've got we're forty minutes in, and we we're only on questions, and we have other stuff to talk about. So, I was going to save Gina for another week, but you you answered it. I, I don't. I think I'm at a good amount of points right now. I almost think I have too much points at the moment. I, I would think about selling some, but I might, I probably won't. Uh, I I like having how many points I do. So yeah, and I I think we've. We expanded our points from 100 to 175, which for now feels like the right amount of points for our current situation. But yeah, yeah, it's I feel at some point we'll probably expand that again. It's just, you know, right now we don't need any more than that. Yeah, I, I also got a little spoiled on the two bedroom that I did last trip, and I'm just like, now I kind of want to stay in like at least one bedrooms going forward. You know, that, that's the danger, and that's part of why we expanded our points was that we liked the lake view at the poly, so we made sure we have enough points to do a lake view all the time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so I wanted to uh, highlight Jim here. Uh, Jim had emailed us and said he really loves listening to the podcast over the past couple of years. So Jim's a longtime listener. So th- thanks for listening, Jim. You three make a great team and give a different perspective that most other podcast than most other podcasts pertaining to Disney. So I just had to put this in here to inflate is, is our egos. Tom, Tom trying that? to gloss us over for some more five star reviews. That's uh, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna. I have to interrupt here because I found a very interesting tidbit about Tom. Which, I, he, he, yep. So he, here's the interesting thing. So Tom is always asking for these five-star reviews and this, that, and the other thing. And hey, yet what showed up in my feed was Tom totally bashing Dr. Pepper. Oh, God, yeah. Berate Dr. Pepper. Not even, <laughs> like, not even, like, it wasn't even, really like, funny. it was just a mean Dr. Pepper review. That's all there is to say about it. There was nothing good. And I nope. said to myself. It was terrible. I said to myself, look at Tom and everything he says about reviews on our podcast. And then he's going out there for no real good reason and not even like my feed. I I couldn't help it. (laughs) it, it, But it wasn't even like it was one of those reviews of Dr. Pepper. Like, hey, you know, it's not bad, but maybe this. It was just a straight out. This is terrible. Tastes like nothing. It did. I mean, how do you you think those poor people that worked on this (laughs) formula of Dr. Pepper feel? I don't know, but they should get better at their jobs because it was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, think about that when Tom talks about five-star reviews, everybody. (laughs) That's really funny. No, so like I... Okay, this is... I'll give background. I My drink of choice and my addiction in life is Diet Dr. Pepper. I love Diet Dr. Pepper. I drink it all the time. And I saw that there was a Diet... uh, That there was a Dr. Pepper Zero that came out. 
And I got excited. I was like, oh, I like zero stuff usually, right? So I, I got it. And it tasted like nothing to the point where I thought I might have COVID. Like, I literally was, like, freaking out because I'm like, do I did I lose my sense of taste? Like, I, I don't understand here. I can't taste this. It tastes like nothing. And then it popped up on my feed as, like, an advertisement, I guess, because it knows I like Dr. Pepper. And I was just like, this tasted like nothing. It was terrible. <laughs> I was all excited for it. And it was awful. Horrible. So that's that's what happened. Horrible. But. Keep your opinions to yourself sometimes. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. I just said it tasted like nothing. But it was a bad review. It was funny though because I saw it and I was literally laughing out loud to myself. <laughs> this I, is hysterical. Listen, I'm still going to drink my diet Dr Pepper. I'm just not going to get the zero anymore because it just was. It was. It bummed me out. I was sad. I was so excited for it that I was. It was sad. <laughs> Maybe you just figured out their ad campaign. If it's zero, it tastes like nothing. Right? Tastes like nothing. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's really funny. I, I was scared what you were going to come up with there, but that wasn't that wasn't really anything. I, that wasn't a big deal, you know. Just I was sad. Uh, anyway, back to Jim. <laughs> yeah, back to Jim telling us how great we are. Uh, <laughs> um, so Jim just recently purchased DVC. Uh, I don't know if recently he said, but after some email discussions with us and listening for a while, he decided to purchase DVC. Uh, and then got a boardwalk contract. So welcome home. You know, great, great that you got that. Um, Jim said we are senior citizens and purchased the contract with a plan for my wife and, and myself to go to Disney every year and for us to take our children and their families. This is literally what we were just talking about. It's kind of, kind of funny, uh, that, that, uh, you brought that up. So. Uh, his question is, do you know of any podcast blogs that are specifically geared to senior citizens in Disney? I would like to hear what other senior citizens do when they visit Disney. Did they have any issues with their experience? Also, do they have a special experience they try to live with each visit? Thanks for the magic, he said. I, so. Okay, so I can only imagine if we just wait a few more weeks, Chad will have one because he's got like 30 different podcasts already. <laughs> so that's just my guess. So if you wait long enough, my guess is, and since Chad was one of the people that actually responded to this, I can only imagine he's got one in the works at this point. Yeah, my go. DVC point senior edition. I mean, I'll help him name it too. There you go. Senior DVC points. I don't, I don't know. There Something like that. Oh man, you're trying to start a so, war now. Dan is going to be really happy that you're trying to start a war. It's not a war, Chad. but is, is it not the truth that Chad has like 35 shows a week? <laughs> yeah. Which I, is I, impressive. <laughs> Chad, Chad does yeah. have an impressive amount of shows. That's yeah. true. <laughs> we, we have a hard enough time doing this one show, let alone uh, all those shows. So, yeah. So, so here's the interesting thing about senior, so podcasts and senior citizens in general that, I don't feel we're quite at a point yet where there's enough seniors that are engaged in doing this kind of media, right? Like, like there's, or at least again, th this is my own personal experience is that I haven't found, you know, Disney or otherwise, um, a lot of, a lot of seniors, you know, relaying this kind of information. I, it's I, true. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't honestly, you know, I, I saw, I saw this question and I was looking around and I, I can't find anything. Um, I can't find anything specific to senior citizens, but um, I, I don't feel that a lot of the stuff at Disney is senior specific anyway. Um, it, it, and by that, I mean, it's, it's not, uh, you know, the, the same rules that apply for everybody kind of apply for, for seniors, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that's what this was about. This was more about like, um, you know, hey, tips and tricks of bringing your kids and grandkids to Disney every year. I, I think it was right. more like that. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of things out there like that. 
Um, and I think it is a little bit different than maybe what other people do, especially in, in points and, and how often you're going. And again, this whole one room versus two rooms, right? Like I think to myself that if I'm going with my grandkids that I might want two rooms rather than one for that whole situation I just talked about. So I don't know if there's anything specific out there, but I, I think you could probably garner your own you know information out there by asking. I, I think while Trevor's right that maybe there's you know, nothing specific. And sometimes, you know, I know that my mom wouldn't necessarily Facebook to go find information that we may be going down that path. It, you know, it, it is very interesting because she's, we both have the same breed of dogs. We have Australian shepherds and I'm always on the Australian shepherd Facebook groups, you know, and if she's like, Hey, you know, my dog's having this problem. Like, well, why don't you just go in the group and ask? Oh, yeah, I don't know about that. Or, Hey, did you read that? Cause I've read that on three different groups and yeah, sometimes they're just not there yet. But I think that doesn't necessarily just pertain to senior citizens. I think that could be anybody. My my cousin's not on Facebook either. So it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe it's a topic we cover at some point. Maybe we do like a wait list around it or something. I think yeah. it would be an interesting thing to cover. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure who we'd bring on, but I, I think it's an interesting question because to your point, there there are some different things that you're doing there. You know, there's some different uh, your point management is way different. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now. So, you know, I, I think maybe Jim might have actually touched on something here because, you know, the, the reason that we started this podcast in the first place was we all saw a gap in, yeah. in discussion and a gap in, you know, the stuff that we were interested in. Um, you know, Jim, I don't, I don't know if you're, you know, that motivated to do so, but you know, you could definitely start something and share your own experiences. And that's how yeah. you can, you know, Jim you could- can learn more and you can evolve this discussion, right? Jim can come on our show. Jim, if you want to come on the show and do an episode. Because, you know, the thing is, the more and more that I sit here and just ponder this, I say to myself, well, I think this is also probably one of those things where they're probably making one vacation a year or maybe one vacation every other year if you're going to encompass the whole family, right? So there is a different planning around that than you would do with, you know, two or three vacations a year, especially in terms of points, yeah. I think there's just a lot of lot of cool little nuances. I think they would apply to everyone, but maybe skewed a little bit more towards the bringing your grandkids crowd. But I think there is a lot of good discussion to be had there. But I'm not necessarily sure if it's a whole every sort. Like I don't know if it necessitates necessarily its own niche. Personally. It's it, it's an interesting topic though for sure and and I, I'm sorry we're not really giving you an answer Jim but <laughs> I think we can we can definitely uh, you know try to try to have a special episode about that or I mean we we need to have a wait list coming up sometime here soon because I'm gonna be gone for for the episode at the end of April unless you guys want to do this without me I mean which you can no nah, nobody's editing anything without you sorry man. <laughs> Fair He's enough. Not doing it. Fair, fair enough. We'll just have to have a have a bank. But the problem is, as, as I was saying, is that we probably have ten waitlist ideas, but where are they all? That's a, a valid yeah. question. There's supposedly like an like a topic group for the waitlist ideas within the group, but I don't know if that's. Who knows what happened there? I know well, we're always well, like, "Hey, put that on the wait list. That would be great." Well, <laughs> let's really, not, all we're telling you is we're too lazy to do anything. That's we, really we're what not going to keeping notes. <laughs> yeah, I thought Tom was keeping notes, but I guess not. No, no, no. I, too many things going on. Uh, but uh, you know, listen after after this episode uh, releases, if you want to give us some ideas on the Facebook group, if somebody wants to start a thread, and we can choose the one we want to do for for that that time that I'm gone, then uh, we'll we'll go for, with that. So. All right, let's let's do. Yeah. I, we we really need to do our ad. We're like way past that. So, 
So our ad this week is for DVC Rental Store. The DVC Rental Store, a world of DVC company, offers magical vacations at incredible value. Save up to 60% off retail rates at premium Disney resorts. DVC Rental Store now includes deposits as low as 25% at the time of booking and a built-in cancellation policy for every reservation. And as always, DVC Rental Store pays out the most to members looking to rent their points. Want to learn more? Go to dvcrentalstore.com or call 1-855-DVC-RENT. That's 1-855-382-7368. And of course, when you reach out to them, let them know that Welcome Home sent you. All right. So I had one last comment that I got via email from Elizabeth, just to go back to what we talked about a couple podcasts ago, or maybe it was the last podcast, I don't know. But just got back from WDW on 228, and Big Top Souvenirs unfortunately closed. I think this is going back to our confectionery discussion. Yeah. Uh, so Big Top is closed. We we actually went into the confectionery, and due to the current situation, it just doesn't feel the same. They waited 10 minutes to get in, uh, and you know didn't seem like it was okay to walk around and browse too much. Um, they're also not making certain in-house treats right now. So so even even though they're moving it, and I was concerned about that piece, it looks like they're not doing it anyway. Uh, and she's saying they'll probably be a best, best experience after you know all the COVID stuff is gone. Also uh, mentioned that the wait times, and I've, I've read this a lot, that wait times were really inflated. And, you know, that's a general thing, you know, but I'm sure it's even harder for them to calculate it now with the lines being spaced out the way they are. So... She listed some wait times here, like, you know, Slinky Dog was only 45 minutes, but it was posted as 90. Splash Mountain was posted as 60. Waited 30. I mean, those are actually really short lines. 30, I mean, 35 minutes for Splash Mountain, 40 minutes for Mind Train. I mean, th- those are not bad lines. Yeah. Really. And so the, this is going to play into, I think, uh, our one of our upcoming discussions, but it definitely creates a more positive perception. But we'll come back to that. <laughs> Oh, look at you doing a tease. Yeah. That's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so thank you for emailing in. I, I appreciate it. Uh, and she, and you know, she did end by saying she had a great experience during the restrictions. I already want to go back. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to check it out in April and see what it's like and see how it, you know, if it feels different or not. So I'll, and of course I'll have a whole trip report when I get back. So, all right. So, uh, let's talk about this, this, uh, concept art that was shared for, uh, the castle decorations. And it's it's not like it's not really concept art. It's very stylized. It's not what, exactly what the ca- castle is going to look like, right? It, it's a Mary Blair inspired castle. So so they specifically said that you know this is somebody took Mary Blair's art style and did a rendering of the castle with it. Yeah, with the new decorations that they're going to do for the fiftieth, which which they are already putting up, by the way. So like, there's I've been seeing reports uh, on a couple every couple days. You know, there's there's every day it seems like they put up something new. More of so, the the bunting and the the those ribbons around the the spires certainly look interesting. Yeah, the, I don't think they put any of those up yet, but uh, that's I w- I'm wondering if they're going to wait to do some of the stuff. Like you know, I see that the, it looks like the clock is replaced with like a big fifty. I don't know if they're yeah. going to do that like now or they're going to wait to do that uh you know until it gets a little bit closer or until the 50th i i don't know it'd be interesting but uh, this is cool art and i like the fact that they're harkening back to like mary blair style like i think that's cool i i'm always all for the mary blair style i I, after really reading and understanding her her process and and the fact that um or the reasoning behind her style i i do appreciate it even more now so, because uh, she had, um, and I I should know what the conditions, but she she basically had a she had a a vision 
uh, issue where she couldn't see. She yeah, she yeah. she couldn't see things clearly, and so she was. That's why she was always doing everything in very bright, um, very bright, very clear, defined colors all the time. So that actually defined a lot of her style, and and I like that. Um, you know it. Uh, you know, artists, you know, her interpretation of things I find is very unique because of that. And, and I love the fact that, that, you know, she did, she did have such a huge impact and you keep seeing that being brought forward into things like this, uh, castle rendering. The one thing I'm wondering is, you know, they, they kind of show like the pixie dust cover, like it looks like Tinkerbell flying around the castle. Wouldn't it be yeah. funny if they were like just blasting glitter? off the castle constantly like, blasting glitter. that's so, my worst nightmare for real i hate glitter just, I, that just, is like my getting, worst nightmare yeah just getting near the castle and you're just covered in glitter for the rest of the day and then it's like in all the rides yeah i, I know that would be awful oh <laughs> when people give me a card that has glitter on it it just goes straight in the garbage do, like do, I, I am do not you find even, do you find when you're holding something with glitter like you you, you almost want to like drop it and wipe your hands but you know you can't Oh, like, yeah, like yeah. I immediately, I'll, I'll if I if I notice there's glitter on something, I immediately just go Ugh! and just like you know like throw it out, like throw it like it's poison or something. Like yep. I'm just like yeah, get this away from me. Yeah, I hate glitter. I can't stand glitter. It should just not not exist. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They found out something new. But anyway, I think this looks cool. I, I uh, yeah, if you don't know about Mary, Mary Blair, by the way, just like go Google her and see all the cool stuff that she did. Or, uh, you or know, go ride the parks. Go write Small World. Go look at the mural in the in the contemporary. In the contemporary. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's you, you, yeah. You'll get the idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So this is it, it's it looks very cool. I, I'm I'm excited for this. But uh, we also we we had a last minute topic we added to this I, I, about um, Bob Chapek, CEO of uh, of Disney. You know, formerly the uh, head of the theme parks. Uh, now now the CEO uh, states that guest satisfaction at the parks is now higher right now compared to pre-pandemic levels which is an interesting conversation to have and uh, you know i think part of it is almost what we just talked about with uh with, with elizabeth's email where the the lines are not bad right the lines seem to be pretty short i'm sure there's some people that are more satisfied that they don't have to plan stuff way ahead of time yeah uh you know i'm sure there's people that are happy about that i've heard some really positive things about the character cavalcades like i've i've seen a lot of the blogs being like i hope these stick around you know, like after the pandemic stuff is over. So it, this is interesting my, to me. My, my wife is very on board with that, by the way. She said if the parades didn't come back, but those stayed, she would be happy. The character cavalcades? Yep. Yeah. So so smaller, instead of the big grand parades where everyone lines up, just smaller, yep. unplanned yeah. things. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. It's... It, I, sorry, go, go ahead, ahead. Sorry, Trevor. No, 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 go ahead. Right. I, I was going to say, it's yeah, it's, it's interesting that... Uh, you know, th this is kind of reverting back to, you know, at Di Disneyland, this is a big thing is that you have wandering characters and you have a lot more impromptu things going on. And I think that may be something that was phased out in Disney World um, just because of, of the sheer size of it. Um, but, you know, it definitely sounds like that's something that was missing. And it's something that, you know, you know, talking about making magic and everything is that, you know, those magic moments really they're the unexpected moments. And when, yeah. when it's, you know, you're, you're walking along and all of a sudden, you know, you know, Tinkerbell comes by on a float and you weren't expecting it. Like that's, I, I think that's what people are, are gravitating towards is, you know, they, they just, they want to be surprised and they want, mm -hmm. they want that unexpected moment. Right. 
Yeah, I also think there's something to this too. And I think we've talked about this in the past with ticket prices going up, right? So Disney uses ticket prices to control crowds, right? That's a lot of what they do. And and that's why they have like the the different time periods for for the uh for you know, like the tickets cost different amounts at different times, right? They're yeah. trying to attract more people to the parks at certain times and trying to deter people from going to the parks. And that's because, you know, not only to make more money, of course, because that's part of it, but they also know that people are a lot happier when the parks are not as busy, right? People are miserable when the parks are busy. I And, and it's funny because you talk to some like, I don't want to say non-Disney people, but you talk to some people that have maybe just been once and maybe they went during a busy time and they're like, oh, it was terrible. The lines were so long and everything was so busy. Like people don't like when the parks are busy. It makes for a bad experience for everybody. And so I think that's probably part of this too. It's just that it's the parks haven't been as busy because the capacity is, you know, really constrained. And so it, people are just happier and enjoying it more and enjoying, enjoying the parks without, you know, uh, just dense crowds everywhere. Yeah. And, and yeah, why, why wouldn't you enjoy that? Right. Why wouldn't you, you know, you know, even, even for people saying, Oh, you know, you know, like this last weekend was busy because of spring break or whatever. It's, you know, current busy is still nowhere near what busy was like when the parks were at full capacity. What, bu- what busy really is. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, that, that's something to keep in mind. And I guess, you know, as, as we move along here, you know, you know, the, this guest satisfaction, um, I, I'm sure Disney is very aware of this is that, you know, they, they can't use this as a benchmark and say, well, you know, let's just keep doing things the way we are because, that's not going to be feasible in the long run either. So yeah. I, I guess the other thing to keep in mind is that, you know, as they're announcing things like this, that, you know, people are going to get in their head that, oh, you know, you know, everyone's saying Disney is good. Let's all go to Disney. And as they open it back up, you're, you're going to get back to exactly the problem that you were just talking about, Tom, is it's going to get more and more busy. And it's going to get to a point where, um, you know, People are going to get miserable again because there's too many people. And and to that end, and, and I've seen this discussion many times, and this is my my opinion on this, is that, you know, everyone's saying, you know, don't bring back fast passes. I think that is absolutely the wrong thing to do. It, you know, you know, if they don't bring back fast passes when they hit a certain capacity in the park, if you don't have those fast passes there, you're basically guaranteed, you know, two hour line for everything. And that'll just be miserable for everybody. Yeah, I, I want fast passes to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to have them for, like you said, Trevor, for the people that don't go often, they need yeah. to at least have a plan. Exactly. And, and, that, yeah. and that's the whole thing is that, you know, fast passes are there as that means of, you know, not not skipping the line, but, you know, re-diverting the time used standing in line. And, you know, for, for people, you know, they create a perception of, well, you know, they're letting those people in before us. It's like, well, no, otherwise, you know, at least with fast passes, you have the opportunity to go and do something else while you're waiting for, it's just, you're, you're not standing physically in line. If they had no fast passes, what people's trips would literally turn into is just going from line to line to line. And then looking back and going, well, you know, I rode five line, five rides today in 10 hours but I didn't do anything else in between. I just stood in line for 10 hours, right? That would be, I, I think that, <laughs> that would be <exactly>. miserable. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's like the thing I'm most interested about when I go in April is like what that's going to be like. Cause I'm just so used to fast passes and it's just almost weird for me that I didn't but, even have to plan anything, you know? And so it's like, it's going to be interesting. But a lot of times you're, you're not even necessarily able to fast pass all the new rides anyway. 
yeah, yeah. that's true yeah that's true but but I, even I, go ahead, sir. I was gonna say for my for my family you know we're not even focused on that you know i maybe will get you know the one fast pass for new rides but you know all of my fast passes are going towards other rides even things like haunted mansion yeah, yeah. that you know i just i don't want to wait in line for 90 minutes for that ride well, and that's kind of like we use our fast passes to book things that we are like can't miss things for us, you know, like, yeah, sometimes it's for the the attraction that like is is new and you need to you don't want to wait in a two hour line for. But also sometimes it's like, you know, we really like to go on Peter Pan and Peter Pan has a long ride line usually. So let's let's do that one. Or, you know, we, we can't miss Haunted Mansion. So let's let's book that one or Big Thunder, you know, How whatever many times you need to ride Peter Pan, though. A lot like, of what's times. that what's that turning point number <laughs> what's the turning point number i mean because we've trip? reached it as a family you oh you you've hit it as a family where you don't yeah. need to do it anymore yeah i mean we, we we do if there's like no other fast pass we'll get it but there's no way i'd ever wait online but yeah what is that number right. I, I think there's a number it's like the number of licks you know for a tootsie pop <laughs> like there's a number where you're just done with peter Pan. well what other wait well so like what other attractions you have this for like do you not do small world ever no again? no gotta like, do small world but small world line is never as bad really no, yeah because it, it's it's a huge yeah, yeah huge yeah. through those are right. big boats yeah no i i peter pan is a one of those weird childhood ones for me that's like i mean I like it, but there's definitely yeah. a number because that line is too crazy. It is too crazy. I, I, we typically will not wait standby for that. That's that's a fast pass or bus one for us. Yeah, you for can. for us, it's in every other trip because okay. we we don't feel the need to do it every single trip, but we will hit it Tre- up. Trevor's like, almost reached that number. Yeah, <laughs> but and and we so we also did it a lot in Disneyland, which by the way, Disneyland is even worse because it's not an Omni mover. They actually have to stop the cars, let people on and off, and then get them moving again. Oh God. Yeah. yeah that's, that's 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 rough yeah i i feel like that's just one of those rides that i like from child like my mom loves that ride my mom will still go on that ride every single time and and like it's just one that in childhood was a big deal but you know it, it's funny because i was i was watching that imaginary story again and they were talking about how if you bring somebody on pirates of the caribbean with no nostalgia for it that it's kind of a boring ride like that an imagineer said that <laughs> like and and it's it's a weird thing but it's it's I, i'm sure a lot of people feel that way about peter pan like if you don't have that nostalgia for it it's not the most technologically advanced ride in the world it's not the most thrilling ride in the world it's just it's peter pan it's you know it's but it's i have nostalgia for it and i it's something i feel like i need to ride but um yeah i, I don't know how we got on talking about this but <laughs> well i mean it, it was fast kind pass. of stemming yeah. from yeah fast passes and why certain rides need fast passes right I did. I did think what he said was interesting, though. Too is where he Chapek said we learned some things. We've uh, learned to operate under constraints all the time by delivering some same Disney magic you expect. Uh, but we've been in a fortunate situation where we've had a lot of demand in the past. In many cases, that has exceeded what we can actually supply in terms of how many people we can put in the park. Uh, and then he also said, though, uh, that they learned a lot under those constraints and that it's going to create a reemergence scenario where magic is going to be even greater for our guests when they do come back to our park. So I don't, I don't know exactly what he means by that. Like, I don't know if it means they're going to keep some of the more popular things like the cavalcades like we're talking about or if they just have some plans, uh, you know, to do some different things. But I just thought that was an interesting comment from him. You know, I, I think, yeah, the, the what I extract from that is that you know, having this amount of downtime or, or, you know, these restrictions in place, it's given them a chance to rethink a lot of things that, you know, over time, the, the parks have ballooned in size. They've ballooned in, in the amount of things going on. And, and in that, a lot of times 
you know, things get lost that, you know, they'll, they'll make decisions because it's purely a financial decision at the time, or the person making the decision doesn't always think about, you know, did it actually make sense from the, uh, the guest point of view. And I think having this downtime has given them a chance to go back and really look at, you know, why are we doing certain things? You know, does this actually make sense? Right. And so, yeah, I, I hope what he's alluding to is, you know, things like the character cavalcades and maybe what I was talking about, you know, that more of that, you know, giving people the opportunity to stumble on something instead of, you know, having to schedule everything. Um, maybe that's the, I hope that's something that they've learned from it or, you know, maybe they've taken something away from that, that, you know, you have to a lot for, for spontaneity. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it gave them a chance to reset, you know, and, yeah. and kind of rethink things. And and when your hand is forced, sometimes with with this kind of stuff, you know, where where you have constraints, I, I think it makes you sometimes be a little more creative and and come up with some new things and some different ideas. And and obviously, those things have been pretty successful. So, yeah. All right, you guys, want to talk about a spork? <laughs> I didn't realize how much I needed sporks until this past year. <laughs> <laughs> I, a spork is a very versatile, uh, you know, utensil. You can use it as a spoon it or really fork. Is, that, it's, you know, know, if you're eating, let's say, like elbow pasta with like sausage in it. Oh yeah, man! Mm-hmm. Like, how do you not need a spork? There's a lot of times when my wife hands, you know, will hand me dinner. Right, she cooks something and then hands it to me with a fork, and I'm like, no, this 100% requires a spoon at the end of the day. And she's like, no, how are you going? Like, I've had to go the spoon route. You know, these this past year over a bunch of things where really it's been a spork. That's what's been needed here. <laughs> so you're gonna next time you go to Galaxy's Edge, you're gonna buy this eleven dollar spork that uh, they're it's selling. It's too expensive for me. I already have you know a six pack of stainless steel sporks in my cart on Amazon for the same price. <laughs> Wait, so you just bought some metal sporks? <laughs> yeah, I just as I saw this nice. come up on our thing, I was like, yeah, I really need sporks at this point. <laughs> I would yep. love maybe one of these, but they're just a little too expensive. Yeah, the, the, for, these know, are these are a souvenir spork with a yeah. travel bag. Like, oh, yeah, y- you know, the, yeah. You if know, it's in my I'm, kitchen, I don't need a travel bag. Yeah, spork on the road, you know, you never know when you're going to need a spork. Well, well, you know, you know, I'm going to roll up into Albert and Walters and you know whip my spork out of my travel bag. It's just and <laughs> yeah. Excuse you know. me, I need to get my spork. Thank you. Yeah. I brought my own utensils. Yeah, see how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember when they were originally, you know, selling this. This is like, remember when they first opened? Well, they people a problem were where stealing people, them first. People were yeah. stealing them. Yeah, yeah. So then they were like, "Well, people are stealing them, so we might as well sell them, right?" <laughs> so. I mean, it, it's a neat design, and yeah, the the problem is, is it's a souvenir thing. So to your point, Damon, you know, I'm not going to use them. Every day, I would rather, like you said, just buy some off of Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other part of this, though, besides them selling sporks, is now they have plant-based wraps in uh, Galaxy's Edge. And I know, Damon, you're all about the plant-based meat, so. I, yeah, well, certain ones. I, I like to take a, a gander at them. So I, I would love to, like, you know, there was a, on Shark Tank, there was a new, you know, chickpea-based, I think, meat it was. And the guy was kind of talking how... You know, it's not a lot of, you know, meat eaters and vegetarians. There's a lot of people that are kind of, you know, walking that fine line between them. And I would say that I think that's where I eventually see myself. I was actually talking to my wife today about this. Like, I go one or two days a week vegetarian and then the rest not. Like, I would be, you know, kind of a a start to this. And these sound really good. 
I mean, mm-hmm. I would be on board for these. So you got for breakfast, there's the triple sense breakfast wrap with a plant-based egg in quotations, smoky chickpeas, onion slaw, and roasted Why is it that sauce. anything that's smoky is just good anyway, right? <laughs> smoky yeah. is smoky good. Is yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Get, get that campfire good. taste going and it's, that's all you need. <laughs> and then there's the, uh, what would you say? Zucchi wrap. With zucchini, smoked chickpea, onion slaw again, creamy garlic tahini sauce, and fresh cilantro wrapped in a warm pita. That sounds, yeah, that sounds you, good. You know, me. until you said that, I actually just read that as zucchini wrap. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> just they just like, came okay. up with a Galaxy's Edge way to say zucchini. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, these sound interesting. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm kind of like you, Damon. That, like, I've been finding more and more I'm gravitating towards plant-based stuff, and it's only because... I have an issue with dairy in, in that dairy doesn't like me. So. Yeah. And Trevor, I feel you there. And I've been just trying to like bully through dairy. You, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I've been like, Oh, dairy really isn't great. Like it kind of upsets my stomach a little bit, but I love ice cream and I love this. And I love that. And I think I'm just done at this point. Like I think I'm just finally like, I can't do it. Um, Cause cheese is the, the tough part, man. I, yeah. I think I could do cheese on a limited basis, but I've just been doing way too much cheese. See, I'm just all in on, I, I've found some chickpea based cheese shred. So. Yeah. I heard some, there's some cashew based cheese as well. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I'm at. And, and, you know, I've, I've been saying this for a while is, you know, I really want to see Disney do more of this kind of stuff because, you know, I, I don't want it to be, you know, entirely, you know, meat free, but you know, it, you know, for for many years, I was like you, you know, I was just like, you know, yeah, dairy, you know, I, I'll just, you know, deal with it and, you know, have the upset stomach all the time. But the more that I've been moving away from it and realizing that, hey, this, you know, I actually feel better not eating this stuff or not, you know, you know, avoiding the dairy and avoiding the stuff that, you know, upsets my stomach. You know, I just want to have the options. It's not that I expect them to, you know, do everything dairy free, but more of these kinds of options across the board means that at least, you know, when I'm looking around, I can, I can make the decision day by day. And like you said, you know, some days it's, you know, I will have meat and I'll have a bit of dairy. Other days it's like, nope, I'm just going to have my plant-based stuff and that's it. So, you know, I, I just want them to have more of these choices. And it seems like they're doing a lot of that, right? Yeah. It seems like they're they're really offering a lot of plant based stuff plant based stuff around the parks. I I feel like they're very much a leader in this. So, I I, I feel like I don't want to do Jeremy's job for him, but I feel like the spork is going to be part of the uh, part of the meme he does for this episode. So, because <laughs> <laughs> Damon was so adamant about his spork usage. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about we're, we're we're like way running out of time here, and we have like way too many topics left. Like again, this is another one where I thought we weren't going to have enough to talk about because there wasn't a ton of news, and here we are. But so, I, I think the unexpected discussion of trip planning at the beginning that's kind of that drew us off. Yeah. So yeah, that was a whole like fifteen yeah. minutes. So yeah, uh, and there's not a lot to talk about this with this. Honestly, there's uh, Imagineering is sharing like a first look at the spaceship Earth lighting. They're doing some tests. Uh, it looks very cool. I like the fact that these like little points of light that they're putting on there can not only like come out the front but it also comes out the holes on the side so it can like make lines in Mm -hmm. like the the outer skin of spaceship earth which is super cool yeah on these uh these lights honestly look like lights that i bought at costco recently they look like the touch lights that they like uh, advertise on like late night tv yeah they do exactly i mean yeah again not bad but (laughs) 
Well, I mean, you're not you're not really supposed to see them, right? I mean, like you're only going to see the you don't want to see the actual fixture. You're only supposed to see the light. And I mean, these are going to be so high up, and the spaceship of Earth is so big, and these are so small. You probably aren't going to notice them even during the day all that much, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, honestly, I'm not staring at spaceship Earth that much anyway. Yeah, you're so. not like getting binoculars out when you walk in and being like, I'm going to find those lights. Yeah, like uh, although I might now that you've said something. <laughs> now that I've said <laughs> although I did notice I was watching it uh you know I watched the video that they put out and I was like man they really got to like power wash uh, spaceship earth it's looking a little grimy on the uh, some of those panels in that video that they put out yeah but you wouldn't notice that from far away though yeah yeah again that's the thing is you know for these big show pieces that you know like you said unless you're standing there with binoculars you, you kind of miss a lot of the little things after a while <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I tell you this, though. I'd hate to be the – and maybe this is just me. I'm sure some people are fine with this. But I'm sure I'd hate to be the person hanging off the side of that thing, like all the way at the top, putting those things on. That just seems terrifying. I <laughs> I actually think that the worst place to be is – so once you get past the – once you get to the, uh, the northern hemisphere of Spaceship Earth – that's easier, I think, because you're like mm. Spaceship Earth is underneath you. It's when you're on, you're still on the side. The, yeah, on the side, like kind of hanging underneath, kind of like the in the the one picture here where the person is like kind of off to the side underneath of it. Yeah. That to me doesn't feel good because there's nothing, there's nothing underneath you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, no, I'm excited for this. This is cool. I, I think this is going to be a, a really neat addition to Epcot. I wish it was premiering by the time I got there. So, uh, but good news if I go in November, it should be there by then. So yeah, I was, was going to say this, you know, more reasons to go back again later. And this is what we always talk about is, you know, every trip, it's like you, you'll never have a definitive, like, this is, you know, I've done everything at Disney trip, right? <laughs> Unless you go like every week, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, well, even yeah. at that, you know, there, there's always stuff changing, right? Like you, you yeah, but go, like from like week to week, like, yeah. you know, you might not, but there, you're, you're right though. There's always like new food. There's always special things going on. There's always new merchandise. There's always something new. So, yeah. All right. So that was, we don't need to cover that too much. And like I said, yeah, let's, time, so yeah, let's, I, I want to talk about this one too, just cause the jungle I, cruise thing. Yeah. So, so there, there was more details released on the backstory for the jungle cruise at Disneyland and Walt Disney world featuring uh, Alberta falls. Which, <laughs> Instead of Albert falls. <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting. Um, Albert falls, daughter, Alberta. Yeah. Which is funny because I live in Alberta, but hey. I figured you were going to laugh at that when you it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Again, I, I like the fact. So, yeah, they, they wrote this whole um, article. And I actually haven't read the whole article yet. But, um, you know, yeah, they're building more of that backstory around the Jungle Cruise. And I I believe, you know, this is all playing back into, you know, we're talking about the Explorer Society Yep. Um, previously, this is all playing back into that. You know, they're, they're going to flesh out the Jungle Cruise. They're going to flesh out um, Tower Terror in Tokyo and all this stuff. And and I wouldn't be surprised, you know, um, I wouldn't be surprised if this kind of stuff shows up in the show that's going to come out, right? Oh, yeah. Like, Alberta F Falls could absolutely be, like, a character in that show that they're going to put together, right? And, yeah. and, by the way, I said daughter. She's granddaughter to, to Albert Falls. My bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> granddaughter, not daughter. Because uh, I'm sure somebody would have noticed. But, yeah, no, this is, is very cool. And, you know, it's it's making Alberta uh, the one that founded the Jungle Cruise Tour. 
Um, you know, it's, it, it talks about the skipper canteen and, and all that cool stuff. So, and it, I'm not familiar with tropical hideaway at Disneyland. That's cause I'm not a Disneyland person, but I'm sure you know what, what they're talking about there. So that tropical hideaway actually has opened up recently, but it, so it used to be an Aladdin dinner show and it was right next to the Tiki room. And so the, the, the short story is that Disney or Walt had originally planned for the Tiki room to be a restaurant and, um, tropical hideaway is the final realization of that. So it's, it's a, tiki. Oh yeah, I know yeah. what that is. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I do. I totally, I remember that. I remember we talked about it on the show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- yeah, there's, so tropical hideaways is, is like the equivalent of the skipper canteen. It's not, it's not jungle cruise themed. It's, it's, you know, more Tiki room themed, but it's still all in that same area, right? Like it's, it's that same vein. Yeah. So yeah. What's interesting about this though, too, is that they call out her different visits to different places. So like they mentioned tropical hideaway, but they mm-hmm. also called out mystic point, which is where mystic manor is the, 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 the kind of haunted mansion thing. And, uh, Hong Kong Disneyland. So, yep. and then they also said something about the next trip she's taking and, uh, calls out names and professions of people who will be joining her. Uh, so this is, it, they're building a little mystery around this, which is kind of cool. Again, I, I am really leaning towards this is going to all, th- th- this I'll is the prologue the to the, to the show. And I mean, yeah. if it, if it's anything like the, you know, I, I feel like they're going to ramp this up like the MCU, right? Like it's going to turn into yeah. a thing like, like, you know, how we just had WandaVision and now we've got, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and then Loki and all that. So excited and, for Loki. Yeah. In the, in the <laughs> MCU, right? It's that yeah. they're going to do the same thing here where, you know, they're going to, they're going to tease some of this stuff and then you'll get a whole bunch of it in the show, you know, and then it, yeah, it, it makes for an interesting development cycle between the parks and the shows, right? Is that you'll have a bunch of energy spent on the shows. And then you'll probably see some of that stuff pull back into the parks like they're like they're doing yeah. here. And it'll be kind of a back and forth, which, again, you know, we talked about previously is, you know, you know, I, I don't think it, like I, I know um, I, I know we, we all kind of had our own views on what is the most important part of Disney. I, yeah. I think this is showing that that, you know. It's not any, you know, or all these parts are going to continue to play together. It's not that they're going to yeah. just abandon, you know, shows or the theme parks or whatever. I think you're going to see them play more of them together. Yeah. And so what are we going to call this? It's going to be the MKCU is the Magic Kingdom Cinematic Universe. Is that where? <laughs> well, I think maybe SEA will be in the short term. The the uh, Society the of Cinematic Ex- Universe, yeah, yeah, Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Yeah, I, I think yeah. It, I think we may be seeing the start of the uh, SEA universe. It's gonna. There's so much cool stuff they can do. I mean, I know we already talked about this at length at, on another episode, but the SEA, like, there's so much like mystery and backstory there. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much they can do with it, and it makes it such a cool mystery series. Uh, you know, I, I'm excited for what they're gonna do with that. It's gonna be really cool. Yeah. And the unfortunate part is we gotta wait for a while, right? So, <laughs> yeah, because I don't know when this is gonna happen. So, yeah, that that's the hard part is you know when when you see this stuff so early on the the anticipation almost kills you, right? <laughs> it does. It does. It does. Yeah. All right. Speaking so, of anticipation. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So the, the next thing we have on here is Disneyland is reopening April 30th, which 
I thought I was right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I... <laughs> Listen, I've been wrong so many times on the show before. It's nice to be right occasionally. And I wasn't like dead on, obviously. I said May 1st, but April 30th is pretty much the same thing. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's much it's much better. You know, I, I was being, I guess, far too optimistic that I, I thought that they could, you know, try and open it early April. But um, yeah, it sounds like, you know, they, they were waiting for the decision from the government and then they pulled the trigger on getting people brought back, which means they need time for, for training and, you know, making sure that things are in place, uh, before, before they invite guests back in. But still, you know, we're, we're about a month, a month and two weeks or a month and a week out a from, change, yeah. yeah, from, from this happening, which, you know, if you think about, you know, this is, gosh, it's been over a year since Disneyland has been open. Like that's I, I crazy. I never thought I would see that in my lifetime. Like, yeah. you know, if you if you told me, you know, Disneyland's gonna be closed for a year. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well that's you know, that there was always that thing that they 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 wanted to do uh, Disneyland in the original uh the vacation movie, right? You know, but then they wouldn't do it because Disneyland never closed. Yeah. Right. So but they so they didn't do Disneyland for that. But and it's weird so it's weird to you know, a, a place that has been open you know, 365 days a year for so many years to, to be closed for a year. It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. And it's, it feels weird. And it's really great that it's now going to be reopening and, and, you know, they're going to put 10,000 people back to work. You know, they're calling back. They said, I think they said 10,000 cast yeah, members, right? To start with. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and, and that's the thing is that th- this is all being gauged based on the, uh, as the restrictions get lifted in California. So, you know, similar to Disney World is, you know, as, as they allow more and more, um, restrictions to, to be lifted, you will see, you know, Disneyland is going to ramp up and I think it'll ramp up even yeah. faster than Disney World did with letting people back. You know, Disney World has been pretty slow in, in allowing people, but, um, I feel that Disneyland, you know, they're, because they've been closed for so long, I don't think they're going to waste any time with getting people back into the park. I, I think World is going to get to a point. I mean, I, I would would not be surprised if by the time we get to summertime, that Disney World is back up over 50%. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I could see it being, you know, 60 to 70% capacity by the summer. Which, you know, truth yeah. be told, I, you know, a lot of times when you go in the summertime and it's, and it's really busy at the parks, they're nowhere near capacity, right? So like you're, if you, it could feel busy there and they could still only have 70% of the park full, right? Cause capacity is a lot of people. It's a lot more people than you think, right? I, again, you have to go basically the week of Christmas to see exactly. capacity. <laughs> exactly. So like yeah. most times you're there, you know, at the most you're seeing 80 to 90% capacity at the most. So like if if it's there and you're busy, that's that's really what you're seeing. So even if if Disney opens back up, you know, 60 to 70% capacity, that's almost back to normal, really, you yeah. know? So But I thought the most interesting part of this whole announcement, and it was kind of a throwaway line, but they said that when Disneyland returns, when it opens, that uh, Haunted Mansion is going to open back up with, quote, new magic. Now, what does that mean? Yeah. (laughs) So so the interesting thing about Haunted Mansion in Disneyland is that over the years, and, and I saw this the last time we were there, which was in like 2016, so I know it's been a while, but um, they, so they were having issues with lighting specifically like, like the difference in lighting between the Disneyland and the Disney world one, it seemed like somebody replaced lights and they didn't calibrate things correctly. And it was really hard to see anything in Disneyland. 
So, so that was the first thing. Um, the, what I've heard as a rumor is there was talks of them updating the hitchhiking ghosts to be the same as the ones in Disney world, which, um, uh, you know, I enjoy the ones in Disney world, but sometimes they don't work properly. And the Are you talking about like at the end where yeah. they do the like the the little thing with the mirrors, the, you know, yeah. they take your head off and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So so yeah. You know, having those as digital, where because in Disneyland it's still it's still um, physical animatronics. You know, using a, a Pepper's Ghost uh, yeah, effect, yeah, yeah. right? And um, yeah. So so that's what I've heard is a rumor. Um, I just hope that you know. You know, they, they've done new magic. You know, they've done the Hatbox Ghost, which yeah, yeah. that animatronic was fantastic. You know, it's it's a beautiful animatronic. I've seen it myself. Um, the the only concern I have is if they if they do too much of that, then you lose the Haunted Mansion, right? Sure. And the, so so to to quote WandaVision, you know, that this is like talking about Theseus's boat, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. once once you've replaced enough of it, is it still the original? Still the same. Yeah. Well, you know, I I almost in a weird way though, kind of want to see something new here. You know, like I want to see something that's like got like that that you're not seeing anywhere else. You know, and and I I feel like one of the again, I was watching the Imagineering thing again, and one of the mandates that that Bob Iger came in with was 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 putting new technology in the old rides. You know, like like plusing the old rides, which you know that was a whole big thing with Walt too, is that he wanted to keep improving the rides, keep putting new technology in them, keep you know improving what they were doing. So I you know I'm almost wondering if there's going to be just some new like new effects just a, a new way to do some of the effects more technologically advanced way to do some of the different effects i mean i guess we'll find out soon enough you know within a month here but uh or maybe it's just minor maybe it's like what you're talking about maybe it's just that ending scene and that's it or i mean you know maybe well, it's more than that th- that ending scene is not minor i mean that's uh that's pretty big yeah. that's a pretty substantial change um but yeah you're right is you know if they're if they're careful about it and this is my only concern when they when they do this kind of stuff and i you know i see this stuff on the facebook groups all the time is you know you know people are like you know don't change anything and, and you're right you know you know disney does want to change but you know it's that fine line between you know you know doing it just because it's cool and making sure that it actually fits with what you're doing you know that it makes the ride better yeah like you know i, th- I think about like even simple effects, like when you're coming into the graveyard and all the ghosts coming up out of the, uh, out of the graves and everything, right. You know, you know, there's that effect where like there, it's like, there's just ghosts flying up all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, they could definitely do some really cool stuff with that. You know, they could take that effect and with, you know, new projection technology, they could do some, you know, really impressive stuff coming into that scene. But if they just, you know, went, Oh, you know, let's replace the entire graveyard with digital screens and have, you know, you know, every, you know, no more animatronics and just yeah, everything yeah. digital, I would be like, what are we doing here? Like, this is... <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, that would be going too far. I exactly, I, I, right? I don't even think they would do that, because I, I think Disney has... Uh, I, I think they try to use screens sparingly, and I, I know that... Like, if you look at a Ratatouille, like, a lot of it is screens, but a lot of it is also physical sets. And the same thing with, like, Rise of the Resistance. You know, some of it is screens, some of it's physical effects. But I think they do try to use them sparingly, and I, I don't I don't think that they are of the mindset of, like, a Universal, where it's like, hey, we can replace everything with screens. Like, yeah. they don't... I don't think they want to do that. I think... 
the animatronics are in like the lifeblood of the Disney company and, and the lifeblood of Imagineering. It's it's you know it's something that started with them and it's just part of their history and their their heritage. And I think it'll always be there. You yeah. know, and and I think for me, you know, a main reason for going there is because it is physical and tactile, right? Like yeah. it's yeah. not like you said, you know, you know, I. I am turned off by, you know, like universal type rides where it's just a screen. And that's not to say, you know, Star Wars definitely is just a screen, but, or not Star Wars, Star Tours is, is a, is a screen, but, you know, there, there is a certain amount of, um, or there, there's physical, still there's physical effects in there too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The animatronic in the, in the cabin with you and exactly, you know, yeah, yeah it's so, not just the screen. Yeah. And, and that's my thing is, you know, I, I just worry, you know, it's something like the haunted mansion. It's like, you know, is, is it, I hope they're not looking at it from a stance of, you know, just doing it for the sake of doing it. It's like a, you know, if, if it's not broken, why are you fixing it? Right. Yeah. 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 So I, well, you know, I'll be interested to see what it, what it is. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'll be very curious as well. It's just, you know, it makes me nervous because I definitely, the original haunted mansion is, you know, very much a unique experience. And, you know, if they're not careful, they can destroy that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. I feel like yeah. we're like, yeah, we're one of our, yeah, this we're, is we're a long we're, episode. We're, we're, we're getting longer and longer on our episodes again. So. Yeah. yeah, we're falling apart again. Exactly. <laughs> Remember when we were like trying to stick to an hour like really hard and then we just forgot about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just one of those things it's that a, uh, it's okay. But I, I think it's good because it means that we feel there's enough to talk about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap up. So as usual, you guys can reach us at welcomehomepodcast at gmail dot com. Make sure uh, you know we we've we've as we mentioned in the the listener questions. You know we've had lots of people email us. You know guys like Jim. Thank you for sending us that email and. <laughs> You know, just sharing sharing your experiences, sharing what you guys are doing, and you know, it's a great way to get questions to us as well. If uh, you don't want to email us, you know, if you haven't joined the Welcome Home uh, Facebook group, which is called the Welcome Home Disney Waitlist, you know, make sure you join us in there. We uh, we do uh, ask for listener questions in there, and a lot of our listener questions do come from. Uh, we we do a weekly thread now where you can post your questions. So, um, if you have a question for us, make sure you get it in there. And uh, maybe you'll be featured on the next episode. Um, so, yeah, you can find us on Facebook as Welcome Home Podcast. Uh, we also have the YouTube channel, which is Welcome Home Podcast as well. Uh, anytime we do live episodes, stuff like that, you'll see it on there. You know, Tom will be having a uh, uh, a trip coming up in April. So, yeah, you, you guys will be able to catch some video on there, hopefully. And also you can follow on Instagram as welcome home picks. There'll be, uh, you know, we, we do post on Instagram, but you know, again, you know, go, going into actually going back to the parks, you guys should see some more activity on these platforms. So if you're not subscribed to them, make sure you do so that you can catch us whenever we, uh, we post stuff. And as usual, if you guys want to, uh, get some of our merchandise, mugs, t-shirts, you know, if, if you have a trip coming up, you need some masks, you can grab some masks from the store and that's on, uh, store.welcomehomepodcast.com. So make sure you check that out. And as usual, as, as we mentioned earlier in the episode, if, uh, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes or any other service that allows you to leave reviews, please do so. We do appreciate those. We do read them. And it does help more people find the podcast. Yeah. As long as it's five star and it's good. <laughs> <laughs> 
listen, I, you know, I give honest reviews, all right? I gave an honest review of something, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you're, you're going to just invite a whole slew of one stars now because uh, you didn't like yeah. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I loved it. I just didn't like the zero version of it. That's all. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, just about any other podcast available. I, you know, I, I found out the other day that we're on Audible. I didn't even know that we, they had podcasts on Audible. And sure enough, there we are. So just about any podcast app you can find us. Just search for Welcome Home, the one that's uh, Disney and DVC. Just a reminder to our listeners. Uh, Listeners, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company, and as such, any and all opinions we express on the show are our own. So please consult a DVC representative or Disney cast member for more information about anything we talked about today. Huge thank you to uh, DVC Rental Store for uh, sponsoring this episode. Uh, they've been our partners for many years now, so please check them out uh, if you want to rent uh, you know, some DVC points and stay in deluxe accommodations for less. Join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion, of course, more DVC talk. We hope to see you all real soon. Albert Awol, the voice of the jungle, signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. When we hit a chair, how she can cuddle is no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl, reading.